Hi, this is Tiffany Bova. Welcome to this episode of the What's Next podcast, where I have the absolute pleasure of welcoming Stephen Shedleski. And he is uh, part of Simon Sinek's team. He engages with people in meaningful ways that so that we can connect with depth and live in a more fulfilled world. With a knack for sharing the right words at the right moment, he delivers evidence-based content in a provocative, captivating, and lighthearted way. Stephen joined Simon Sinek's team in 2012, answering fan email. He now leads brand experience and the team of igniters, ensuring that every product, partnership, and communication reflect the organization's most deeply held beliefs. As an igniter himself, Stephen is the first in line to support those who seek to discover, articulate, and bring their why to life. Welcome, Stephen, to the show. Thanks so much. It's great to be with you. Well, I always start out with something I call bullish and bearish. I'm going to get right into it. Bullish, you're uh, for it. Bearish, you're against it. Nothing too fancy. But you know, now when I run into my uh, people who listen to the podcast, they're like, bullish or bearish, and ask me a question. So I am fully committed to this being the opening of the show. So are you ready? Yeah, just be prepared. I I, I like embracing uh, hybrid models. So I, I might find a... a oh, gr- you and everybody else. I t- <laughs> tell you... The academics are the worst. Like you guys have always, it's always got a gray, a little bit of this. Like, okay, so we'll try. We'll go for bullish and bearish. Ready? Let's see. All right. First one, living on Mars. Oh, yeah. Rock on. (laughs) See, I told you, you were all worried it was going to be like gray and down the Nope. We're going for fun ones. All right. Living on Mars, you are bullish. Bullish. Okay. All right. The next one, virtual reality concerts. Oh, uh, I'm for it. So long as we can do it together in some way, shape or form, for sure. Yeah. I wonder how that will happen. <laughs> it, it, it will. <laughs> <laughs> and I know we're going to talk about this. So this is kind of a softball for you, but I'm going to say remote learning. Uh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> yes, we're, we're doing it and it's working. So yeah. So bullish again. I got bullish. three bullish. It's like I'm getting, I don't know, I feel like I'm failing lately. And sometimes I get those controversial ones, but now it's like people go one way or the other. It's like, I've got, I've got to get more creative, a little more challenging. But um, anyway, thank you for those. So I'd love to just jump right in because I, I think you've got such a unique perspective uh, doing so much work with uh, Simon uh, Sinek and his team and everything that you do at the, at the uh, company and, and what you write about. But what I'd love to hear is, you know, how the journey has been for you guys during this time. You know, we're at an unprecedented, we're, depending on where you're listening in the world, you're either on a lockdown, coming out of a lockdown, hmm. in the middle of a pandemic. You know, there's lots of things going on globally. Uh, and people have really had to rethink what they do. Uh, and I'd say that you guys are right at the tip of the spear talking about pivoting. But I'd love to hear what you guys have been doing uh, within your own company and what you see in your clients. Yeah, for sure. Thank you, Tiffany. Um, I mean, the the definition of pivot is to move around a central axis. So the question is, what are you moving around? And it's very powerful when you can move around your purpose or your vision of what you're trying to create. So, um, you know, when when the pandemic hit, and I remember distinctively sort of a succession of three nights in a row sitting on the couch with my wife after we put our kids to bed watching the news being like, oh my God, I think the world is changing before our eyes. 
um, which of course was back in March of 2020. And I had three workshops and keynotes booked the next week and one by one, they all fell off. And so our revenue stream just disappeared because the vast majority of our revenues at Simon Sinek was going live and doing talks and workshops that shriveled up. And so, um, Simon and our leadership team were very transparent. They laid out to our team, here's how much runway we have from a cash perspective and what that translates to in time. We need to make X amount of money to keep everyone on at current salaries uh, per month. Okay, guys, let's pivot. And it was a Monday. And by that Wednesday, he said, everyone's to come back to our next full team meeting. And each person must come with 15, one, five ideas of things that we can do to bring a more inspired, safe, and fulfilled world to life, but doing it uh, in a new way because we need to reinvent ourselves, which means many of us will have new jobs and we will have new business models. But he set us off. And he said um, 15, not because of the number. He just wanted to give us more than five because if he gave us five, we'd all come up with the same five. But if he gave us 15, we'd come up with different stuff. And he and said- so how many people is that? So 15 times- 20 people. Wow. About okay. 20 people. And he said, categorize it into green, yellow, red. Green is we can pull it off tomorrow. Yellow is give me a couple weeks. And red is we can do it, but it might take months. Ergo, not the first priority that we're going to do because we need cash now. Um, and he set it up beautifully. He said, egos aside, if someone shares your idea, you don't need to say, oh, I also had that idea. This isn't a, you know, a, a, a game for, for credit. This is a game for improvement. If someone mentions an idea and you can improve upon it, add. Um, but this isn't about who gets credit. This is about we're all in this together. We need to pivot. Um, and out of that, we launched our new live online class business. So we have a full roster. We're running three and four classes a day. We hope to get to, to even more where we're offering these live experiences for people to experience our our own um, ideas and concepts and inviting others as well to become instructors on our platform to share content, ideas, experiences to help people um, realize, live, and share in a more inspired, safe, and fulfilled world. And so what does that look like? Give an example. Like you say you're doing a couple of, of sessions a day. What? What? Give me an example of sort of what those sessions are like. Sure. So the, the first one we launched is called Jumpstart Your Why, um, which is... <laughs> I, I, Simon tasked me, he said, okay, they call me Shed on our team, which is a lot easier to pronounce than Shedletsky. I probably should have given that one to you, Tiffany. Um, but he said, all right, Shed, take what we do in a full day individual Y discovery workshop and put it in two hours. I went, okay. So we, we use breakout rooms, we match people up, um, and we take people through live experiences to either, um, find their, their why, articulate their, their, per, their purpose, their personal purpose into clear language. Um, we have a class on apply your why, land a job you love using your, your why. We have a whole suite of infinite game classes, which is Simon's most recent book that he came out with last fall uh, on game theory, finite and infinite games. And then we've invited in instructors to, from outside of our team who just align with who we are and what we want to create in the world. So we have classes on mindfulness and meditation. We have classes on how to deliver and receive feedback. Um, we're committed to bringing as many live class experiences as possible um, to help give people the, the mindset, the tools, the skills to feel inspired by their everyday and inspire others. 
Um, and what's great is it's not a lecture, Tiffany. It's really experiences. We we share some content, some ideas. We take live questions. We put people into breakouts. Um, we're using Zoom as our platform, so we're using polls and chats and breakout rooms and all that fun stuff. Um, and something that's really fun is very organically community is forming. Um, people are meeting meeting each other in breakout rooms, and they're finding new friends from all over the world. And so during these hard times, we're actually beginning to connect people in, you know, a very Seth Godin tribe-esque way, um, which is sort of a, a delight, a silver lining out of this. It wasn't our aim, but it's very naturally happened. And we're now finding ways to continue to serve and feed that community of people who believe in Simon's vision, and we're here to help them bring it to life. Yeah, and what I love about that, you know, I one of the, you know, the sort of ending slide of a keynote I'll do, like first thing I say is, you know, find the beginner's mind, right? Like you have to be able to say, I might need to reimagine sort of what I do every day or what I think about something, or I need to learn something. And you have to give yourself space, right? In your own brain, in your, in your you know, clock, in your calendar, you need to give yourself space to be able to kind of unlearn and relearn. Mm. Uh, and and um, it's interesting to see people pivot themselves and start to make these personal investments. Cause I'm a firm believer that if you don't invest in yourself, nobody else is going to, yep. right. I mean, it's just not possible. They don't, they don't see the passion from you. Why would they invest? Um, hmm. And so is it in, tell me what kind of people are, you know, signing up for the classes. Is it, I'm new to business. I'm in the middle of a career. I'm at the end of a career or I am furloughed, you know, or I'm unemployed. Like what, what do you think the makeup has been? Sure. Well, one, I just want to double click on what you just said, because I think it's the difference between confidence and arrogance, right? Confidence is is knowing you're good. Arrogance is thinking you're better than everyone else. And when you're arrogant, you're blind to the fact that you're being arrogant and it's hard to help you. You can be confident and know you're good. But if someone says, I have an idea that I think can help you improve, you're all ears, which I think is so key in that that growth mindset, that beginner's mindset that you shared. Um, what's What's fun, you know, when I used to hop on planes for work and people would say, you know, what do you do? And I would share that we, you know, help people um, get inspired and inspire their people. And people would say, who are your clients? And I say, well, 100% of our clients, uh, people work there. <laughs> and what's fun is the people we attract are more psychographic, meaning they believe in investing in themselves and they believe in helping others. And so we've had people who have been laid off and furloughed. We've had people who are executives at small to large organizations. It's really the whole gamut, but it's the thing in common is they're lifelong learners and they're service oriented people who wish to learn not for their own benefit, but who wish to learn for the benefit of others. And so it's been people literally from Asia, Australia, US, Canada, UK, Europe, you know, Scandinavia, South America, South America, everywhere. It's been global. Um, and it's, it's been people who are using this time to better themselves. Yeah, I, I would say uh, what you just said kind of at the beginning that the, the ego comment, I always say don't mistake confidence for ego, mm -hmm. you know, because if you're confident in what you do, um, that doesn't mean that you think you're better. It yeah. just means you're confident in what you do. Um, and sometimes people mistake that. Uh, but but I also think you have to, um, you know, so for me personally, during this time, I, like you, traveled the world, gave keynotes. You know, I did 375,000 miles last year, this year. You know, I 
I don't think, well, if I don't get back on a plane, I had already done 50,000 by March, you know, but, but um, it was kind of like, how do I reinvent myself in many ways? Right. Because everything that I identified with was not working from home. It was out on the road. Um, And so I had to go, okay, what don't I know? What can I learn to sort of get myself, you know what I mean? Moving forward uh, with either new content, but new ways of, of sharing content. And it was daunting. I have to say just Mm. the whole curve of God, I have to give myself space. It's exhausting learning, like trying, failing, you know, and you're kind of in a team of one when you're home in many ways. So uh, I can appreciate having the community for sure. But it's also how do you define yourself, right? Do you define yourself by the fact that I'm a keynote speaker or you define yourself by what is it about your message that you're sharing? Cool. You know, now you can pivot on, like for me, I care about helping people connect. I care about intimacy and relationships and I care about helping people feel more fulfilled using their strengths to contribute to something bigger than themselves. That's what I care about. Now, when I define myself by that, I have multitude of ways that I can bring that to life that does not require that I get on a plane. So it's how are we defining ourselves and are we defining ourselves by beliefs and values and pivoting from there? You know, that's when you can have um, some fun in reinventing yourself because you're still bringing what you care about to life for the people around you, even if it's virtual. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I, the, the pivot wasn't so much the, uh, for me, uh, you know, I feel like my sort of message transcended, right? It was kind of the art of the possible of what do we have available to us and how can we leverage that in ways to make, you know, better companies, better communities, better, you know, that kind of thing. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so it, but it was more of a, my, my medium for communicating that had been stage and on yeah. the road. Right. Yeah. And so like you guys did with your exercise, like how do we continue doing what we're doing if we're not getting in a plane? OK, well, it's online learning, right, where you're taking the message. So it's another platform, but it's very similar to what you've always done. It's just a different platform. Yeah. And the online learning platform is now becoming very crowded. So we're continuing to find right. fun ways that we're now we're not defining ourselves by an online learning company, we're defining ourselves by a company that's attempting to create a more inspired, safe and fulfilled world. And we can continue to do that in, uh, in multiple ways. So talk me, talk to me a little bit about, you know, the process of the pivot, because I think, uh, what's powerful, you know, is for, for people that are listening, right. You have somebody with a brand like Simon Sinek with, you know, multiple best-selling books, you know, highly in demand speaker, a great team, which Stephen participated, you know, is part of all this going. And then, you know, very quickly, it's like, oh, it's Monday, yeah. <laughs> you know, come up with 15 ideas times 20 people, and we have to we have to pivot and reinvent. And uh, I feel like that's where many of the people I talk to, you know, during this time, they've gotten stuck. They've gotten stuck in the process of, you know, they're so in the forest, they can't see the trees, right? They're so close to the, um, especially if they're a small business owner, you know, all of the things they're responsible for, like like what happened in your situation, right? I want to keep everyone employed at full, you know, at full rate. Like I want to keep the business going. So how are we going to do it? Um, and so what have you done beyond the, the, what you guys did, how are you advising your clients when you're working with clients and, and they're saying, gosh, we just don't even know what to do. How are you helping them see this process as a way forward for them? Sure. So a couple things I'll say both from an, like an external, what's our advice to clients and some of the things we've done internally as well. Um, I mean, first and foremost, 
we're seeing true colors of leaders and organizations right now. Right now is a really hard time to build trust. It's really hard to build trust when the waters are rough. Um, this is why we practice and we prepare. Um, and so easier to build trust when the waters are calm, such that when the waters are rough, you can lean into it, right? Because we need both resources and the will of the people. We need discretionary effort. We need people to buy in. Um, and uh, when you need to make a pivot, it's helpful to have a couple of things. Trust, because you're going to put the organization through stress. Um, and just like a good family, when stress hits the tribe, the tribe becomes closer together. Same thing inside of organizations. If there is trust, uh, people come together. If there isn't trust, people fear for their own livelihood, and they will actually just look out for numero uno. So that's one where, you know, wherever you are and going forward, trust is important because trust creates the condition where people feel safe to raise their hand and say, I need help without fear of someone using that to exploit you. People feel safe to be vulnerable, to share feedback with candor and keep getting better um, and to live the, the, the cultures that you would dare espouse or put on a wall or a screensaver. So trust is so pivotal right now, hard to build it, but always so hard to build it right now in these times, but so important. Um, and as well, something outside of the company. How can you um, find something that you wish to serve that is more important than just you? So for us, we need to keep going because we believe that we're not just a for-profit company, we're a for-purpose company and we're contributing into a movement. We have a, a vision of the world different than the one we live in today. We want to create a more inspired, safe, and fulfilled world, um, not just for us, but for the next generation, for our kids, right? And so that's something that gives us the courage and the strength to keep going because the very basis of our organization is to serve something bigger than any one of us, bigger than Simon. What we're doing is bigger than Simon. Um, he is simply a, a leader on the journey to help create a more inspired, safe, and fulfilled world. The, the movement of a more inspired, safe, and fulfilled world, fulfilled world is more important than him, and he'll admit that. Um, and then in, internally on our team, once we got all of those ideas, um, and Simon, you know, set up wonderfully. This is not about winning this exercise. This is about improving as a team and existing as a team and continuing to do our important work out in the world. Um, but he made it very clear this is not a democracy. He said our senior leaders are going to decide which direction we're going, but we need the input from, from everyone. When it comes to decisions that might sink the ship, that needs to be uh, the, the responsibility of, of leaders to invest and say, this is where we're going with input if people see things. Um, but that was one is he first he listened, but then there were just some decisions made from a senior leadership team. And I think that's fine um, because there are why type people and there are how type people. Um, and this isn't binary. We're, we're a mix of everything. But Simon is more of a visionary than he is an executor. Um, and so if you leave vision decisions up to people who sit squarely in operations, not a good recipe. We need to keep direction and vision decisions to people who are creative and can see into that future, who are comfortable making those risks and bets um, to make more infinite-minded decisions rather than finite-minded decisions. And so it's ensure that the people who are in the roles making these calls um, are more visionary types than operator types, if that makes sense. Um, 
and you know, Simon made it very clear that if we're to reinvent our own business, many of us are going to need to reinvent our own careers. Simon's gone through a similar flex in his own career as you're describing for yourself, Tiffany. Our, our president willingly raised her hand and said, "You know, I'm president, but I'm probably also going to be the director of marketing for a few months here." You know, we we are our head of people is now doing customer service. Like people, you know, we we now have Zoom producers on our team. We never had Zoom producers. So, you know, people have taken to heart what we've done at a macro, we also need to do at a micro. And it's really amazing to see some of our people take on new skills, put their egos aside, roll up their sleeves and do what we need to do um, to keep going while at the same time ensuring that they're enjoying it. And if they're not, they can raise their hand and say, I'm doing this now, but I'd love to move toward doing this, that, or the other. And for us having a, a space for that to be okay. I knew things were shifting when I saw Simon do a handheld video on the steps of his house <laughs> for LinkedIn. Nice. <laughs> I was like, okay, we have definitely pivoted, right? Nice. <laughs> so that was great. But, you know, I, I also want to spend a little bit of time because I, I think that the the whole journey that you guys went on from a pivot perspective is is so timely, right? And I think that's where people get hung up. What do the teams look like? I'm not willing to do something I wasn't hired to do, right? Like the president is now going to be the head of marketing or it's Zoom creators or, yeah. you know, whatever it is. It's like, that's where I think that ego gets in the way of people being able to flex and pivot themselves. And I think a lot of it has to just do with being... Uh, uncomfortable, right? I mean, you're comfortable in the role you have. And if you're not getting a little comfortable right now, you're not trying enough, right? That goes back to what I was saying, like that kind of, I don't know how to do this by myself, team of one, what do I have to, you know, how do I need to, to, to pivot myself and what I was doing? And, you know, all of a sudden you're like, I know more about Zoom than I ever wanted to know ever. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, you know, I get it. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing I wanted to cover here was there was an event that we did for Salesforce now it had to be maybe four years ago now. Um, and it was in the first six months since I, I had joined. And and Simon, myself, uh, Seth Godin, Ariana Huffington, we were the uh, keynotes. And um, Simon gave his uh, infinite game presentation on a whiteboard. And he was sort of, you know, pacing and thinking and talking out loud. It was kind of when he was formulating what what that was going to look like. Yeah. Uh, and I found it so fascinating. I took so many pages of notes. So I was thrilled to hear that, you know, he eventually was going to, you know, obviously make it into a book. Um, but for those listeners that have not heard of this entire concept in theory, could you give sort of a high level review of, of the difference between finite and, and infinite? Because I, I thought that was such a great way to have conversations after I heard Simon talk about it. And, yeah. and so I'd love for you to share it. Awesome. It was that event in, in New York. It was. So that was. was, that was the first time Simon did it. He was supposed to give a talk on leaders eat last, which had been out for a number of years. And Seth Godin spoke just before Simon and talk talked, Seth spoke and challenged the audience around you, you were there. So you probably know better than I do, but essentially taking a risk and doing the work that the world needs. Right. And and Simon was literally late for his mic check because he wanted to listen to Seth's entire talk. And then Simon went up on stage and said, well, I just heard Seth's talk. I was prepared to give this talk on Leaders Eat Last, but I kind of want to share this new thing because Seth just inspired me. The audience said, yeah, do it. And so um, uh, about seven or eight years ago, Simon was handed a book written by James Karst called Finite and Infinite Games, which came out in 1986. Um, game theory. Uh, and Simon 
read this book and said, I think there's an article here. He shared it with his publisher, Adrian Zackheim, and Adrian said, I'd publish that. And that's kind of Simon's career story. So lo and behold, uh, he had another book deal. And so Simon has taken game theory and transposed it to our lives, relationships, our careers, business, politics. So as Karst lays out in, in his book in 1986, if you have two or more players, you have a game. And as it turns out, there are at least two types of games. There are finite games and there are infinite games. Finite games have known players, agreed upon rules and objectives uh, of, of play, and there are ends. There's a clear winner and loser. There's a beginning, middle, and end. Baseball, chess, you know, we have many finite games. Um, infinite games, on the contrary, have known and unknown players. The game persists. Players come and go. The game doesn't care if you're still a player or not. Um, the rules can change. The metrics of success are arbitrary. And there is no end. There's, there's no end of an infinite game. It keeps going. Um, and so there are no winners and losers. And if you think about it, though our lives are finite, we will die. Life is infinite. It exists after us. There's no winner of life. Even Charlie Sheen has to admit that one. Um, there's no winner of global politics. And there certainly is no winner of business. Just because you have a good fiscal year doesn't mean you win the game and everyone is going to stop playing. No, it keeps going. Um, and if you listen to the way most leaders speak about business, they say, be the best be number one, beat the competition, which means they're playing with the wrong mindset for the game that they're in. You need to play with an infinite mindset, knowing that sometimes your competitors will have a better product than you. And the goal is not to beat them. The goal is to outlast them. The goal is to keep finding the world you wish to contribute to, toward, contribute to it, and keep staying in the game. Because business is a game that cannot be won. Uh, it is a game that will continue to exist. And I couldn't agree more because, you know, often when, uh, well, in my previous life, I would consult lots of clients and, and I, this is what I hear from them. We're having a challenging quarter. What can we do today to fix it in quarter? Hmm. Right. And I'd go, okay, well, if I had the answer to that, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. I wouldn't be sitting across the table from you telling you how to do it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, um, uh, and I used to answer fairly quickly on that question. And maybe five years, uh, I used to be a research fellow at Gartner, if you know who they are. And yeah. and yeah, and so the first four, and I'm not, I'm a sales and marketer. Like I am a classic sales and marketer. And I had to learn how to be an, you know, kind of academic analyst, if you will. So the first couple of years, I would answer fairly quickly. Then I learned that was really not good for clients. Like I need to back up and ask different questions to get them to figure out what's the answer to the question. And once I learned how to do that, what I realized was, depending on which, you know, uh, or part of the organization that executive was in the way they would respond to me pushing back and saying, okay, hold on a second. Like let's grab kind of 20%, you know, random number, right? 20% of this conversation and focus it on where do we want you to be two years from now? Mm. And then how do we back into that by solving as much of what we can solve in current quarter, but really preparing you for be being far more, um, competitive a couple of quarters out from now, right? So you're preparing yourself. And once again, depending on what uh, part of the organization, the answer I would get would be, well, I might not be here if I don't fix it in quarter, right? So mm. if I lay the groundwork for somebody, especially in the sales organization, if I lay the groundwork for someone for 18 months from now, you know, if I don't hit them now, I'm not going to be here. Someone else is going to come. They may change it. I might, we never may get to it. So I, 
I coined this term and you're going to laugh, but it was seller's dilemma. And I did it on purpose. Hmm. It was to play on, on Clay's innovator's dilemma, right? On the seller's dilemma is how do you change the tires on the cars that's going around the track in a business when you're responsible for revenue numbers, you know, daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, et cetera, especially if you're publicly traded. And so it was really difficult to get people to think long-term and short-term when they're in the thick of having to, you know, there's a, there's a challenge they're facing in the business. Hopefully that made sense because I'd love to hear sort of how you balance those two things, right? Where I get it's a long game. I yep. realize that I have to do that but I have short-term requirements as well. So I kind of am playing two games at the same time, if you will. For sure. Well, it's, it's the balance. It's having an infinite mindset. Isn't the, isn't ignoring the fact that there, you are still operating within finite games and there are internal pressures and, and metrics to hit or targets to hit whatever it might be, but it's a balance. And, and, and the funny thing as well is, we are our primitive minds. We trick ourselves that if we lose this job, we're going to die. No, you're not. <laughs> like you can sleep on your friend's couch for a little bit, right? And and it's it, it's this balance between, you know, can you still have the courage to try to do what's right? And if it doesn't work out here, if you play it right, you'll build a following and you can Jerry Maguire it. You can leave and people will follow you or forced to leave and people will follow you because you led it the right way. You know, we build incentive systems inside of our organizations where we'll incentivize a team that grows even though they've slashed prices, morale is terrible, but they hit their target versus the, the team that's doing everything right and slow and steady and the morale is wonderful. And though they miss their target just shy, they would have hit it by month 14, but we don't bonus them even though they're doing all of the right inputs. When we focus too heavily on a finite mindset, we focus too heavily on outputs rather than focusing on the inputs that get us to those outputs. I mean, this is you know like coaching your kid's soccer team. Even if they don't win, you still say, here are all the things we did really well. Keep doing those. Here are the things we need to improve upon. If we do that, we will get the result that we want because we can't control the result all the time. And so it's this balance. Um, of, you know, we get this question all the time. I'm so bought into this infinite mindset. I'm so bought into advancing a purpose, but how do I do that when my boss or my boss's 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 boss doesn't see it this way? You yep. still do it. You choose to be the leader you wish you had. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Like that's just, that's, that's, that's a great uh, way to view it. Um, and, and also I think it's uh, a wonderful way to start to wrap up this podcast because we could go on for a long time, right? Yeah. Because I, I, I would love to continue this conversation and we didn't even touch on why <laughs> we didn't even get there. We did. Right. We but, did. I mean, we did a little bit, you know, but um, it has really been a pleasure, you know, and, and what's the best way for people to uh, follow up with you, continue with the work, uh, you know, inspire university, you know, what, what, what things can they do to keep in touch with what you and the team uh, are doing? Thanks, Stephanie. Yeah, all roads lead to simonsinic.com. So if you want to check out more tools and resources to inspire, head there. And if you want to check out our live classes, uh, simonsinic.com forward slash inspire you, just the letter U. Uh, and if you want to find me, I'm most active on LinkedIn. And I, I'm pretty sure I'm the only Stephen Shedletsky in the world for the time being. Uh, I hear Shedletsky's like Smith in Poland, but maybe not. Well, when you go there, I did it when I went to Italy. 
well, I was probably 19 and maybe 20. And uh, I grabbed the phone book. That tells you how long ago this was, right? And <laughs> and we were in Rome. Uh, and I opened the phone book. And it was like four or five pages of Bova. I'm like, wow, that's not what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> and my mom told me I was unique. Yeah, right. I'm like, well, should I just start dialing for dollars and see if anyone speaks English? Hey, you know, I'm your long lost cousin from, uh, you know, Hawaii. Anyway, it was it was funny. Um, but Stephen, thank you so much for spending time with us today here on the What's Next podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure having you. Uh, I, I wish you all the luck during this time. I'm super excited to see where Inspire You goes. And, and thank you to all the work that you and the team and Simon do every single day. Thanks, Stephanie. Such a treat to join you. I hope it helps your audience. What a fun conversation with Stephen. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. I loved the conversation around how to not only pivot your company, but pivot yourself. And that this isn't a game of credit. It's a game of improvement. Thinking about the small changes you can make in both your personal and professional life and out for you entrepreneurs and small business owners. What can you do today? Rally your team together. What a great example of asking them all to say, what could we do? And push them to come up with a lot of ideas and then brainstorm and come up with how can you guys build a company in both an infinite mindset as well as satisfying your short-term needs. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the What's Next podcast. Please share with your friends. Please subscribe. Please leave some feedback. And I appreciate you spending some time with me here today.